The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think, feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger, or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nicholas Gregoratti Show. It's Sunday evening here in Los Angeles as I record this. I have had a great weekend and I'm full, filled with some positive energy. Very excited to bring you guys this awesome episode of uh, the podcast. But before I do, I just want to remind you guys, if you do appreciate my work, if you get something out of the show, please support my sponsors. The first is Bub's Naturals. Bob's Naturals makes what I believe to be the best collagen on the market. Now, I'm not sure if you know that, but collagen is the most abundant protein in your body. And as you age, your body's production of collagen slows down. So when you take something like Bob's Naturals Collagen, you're promoting health and healing from the inside out. I've used it before. I use it every night. I take two scoops before I sleep. Helps me get into a deeper sleep. I feel it's like stimulating my metabolism when I wake up in the morning. I'm really hungry and ready to go. And I think that's because of the glycine in it. It's my understanding. Glycine stimulates metabolism, promotes healthy metabolism, helps your hair, skin, and nails. And uh, it's just a fantastic thing to have. It's it's a really powerful health food that has a lot of clinical research behind it. If you head on over to bubsnaturals.com and you use the coupon code NICG20, that's N-I-C-G-20, you'll get 20% off the collagen or any one of their other awesome products. Also, I want to remind you guys that if you are looking for someone to really help you with any kind of challenges you have in your life on a psychological, spiritual, or emotional level, my spiritual teacher, Rocco Jarman, is definitely the guy to speak to. You guys have heard I've been advertising his work on the show for the last few weeks. And a lot of you have taken him up or or you've started to to work with him. And the results he produces, not only does he produce them quickly, they're they're long-lasting and powerful results that cause great shifts in your life and your understanding of yourself. And so it's only been a few weeks that I've been promoting him on the show. And I'm already starting to get feedback from people who've worked with him, who are telling me how he's changed their life. And uh, I'm telling you, he will change your life as well. If you if you need a breakthrough, he is the guy to speak to. You can find out more about his work at eyeswideopenlife.org. And uh, when you connect with him, tell him I sent you. So guys, today's episode is with someone I met close to, I would say, 15 years ago, maybe 14 years ago. He's one of the, the first guests I had on my first podcast, London Real. And... I don't even know how how we got him on, on London Real. I think he was a friend of my co-hosts. We did a cool show. He and I hit it off during that show. And then I never really heard from the guy again. And about a year ago, he popped up somehow on my radar. I think maybe I stumbled across one of his social media profiles or something like that. But we just reconnected after like 10 years ago when we recorded this interview. And since then, he and I have developed a friendship. And uh, he's just a very cool dude. Super cool dude. He's he lives in Hawaii now with his wife and kids. He's a powerful coach. 
he thinks in a very interesting way, which I appreciate. I, I always admire and respect people that are, they just think out the box. You know, they don't, they don't follow the crowd. They, they look at the world in their own unique way. And that's definitely something that John, John Morgan does. So I'm sure you guys are going to love this episode. Enjoy. Hey brothers, welcome back to the Nicholas Gregorati show. Today I'm joined by someone I've been wanting to have come on for a long time. It's my friend, John Morgan Jr. Or is it JP Morgan Jr.? How do you prefer to be addressed? I should have asked that question before. Well, I don't have a preference. I like all the variations. John Patrick Morgan Jr. is my full birth given name. I like JP, John Patrick, Johnny Pat, Johnny Moses, Mole uh-huh. Moses, uh, Captain Morgan. I like, it keeps me um, present to none of them are really what I am. So that's, uh-huh. it's nice with the variation. So pick your, pick your favorite for today. Cool. Well, I'm going to go with JP Morgan because they own Chase Bank, which is where I do oh, my yeah. banking. So, <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> um, you know, one of the best ways I, I think I can introduce you is by telling a story about you that I did relate to you, but only very briefly, which is you're someone who I interviewed on my original podcast. I think it was over 12 years ago or close to 12 years ago, London Real. I didn't know who you were. You were a friend of my co-host and you came in and we had a, we had a really fun conversation. And I thought that's a really cool dude. Never heard anything back except I think a year or two years ago, we bumped into each other on Instagram and um, we've been speaking since then. One of the things that I that stands out in my mind about you, John, is that you're you're helpful. You're a helpful human being. You're you're always there to help. And I don't get the sense that you're the kind of guy who's trying to help because there's something in it for him, right? Which I, I do get from certain other people. And I had a an ayahuasca experience in Hawaii, I think about a year ago. And funny enough, you live in Hawaii as well. You were on a different island, so I didn't get a chance to come see you in person. But I remember very clearly in that ayahuasca experience, the medicine showed me a picture of you. It's actually the, the, the same picture that you use for this thumbnail of your own podcast, which is of you sitting at a table writing. And it gave me the very clear message in my mind. This is a good dude. You can trust this dude. And um, I just get that overwhelming impression from you that you're a good dude and that you've got a good heart. And you've never steered me wrong in our interactions and our conversations. You've always given me good advice and and good insight and wisdom. And I I would like to share some of that with the listeners because I guess that's what the show is all about. Hmm. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for saying that. I just appreciate your receptivity. I mean, I think the feelings are mutual, right? Like I remembered you from when I was on London Real in a, in a kind of palpable way, just the essence of your being, like the, the centeredness that the heart you were coming from. And so when I saw that, like the activity that, you know, the, there were some like videos that you were making in reference to that, it kind of caught my attention and I found you and reached out and it's just been nice being in dialogue with you. And, and when you were just sharing about how, like, I don't have agenda that's not, it's not, I'm trying to get something. I'll just throw out there like a possibility because it's what I'm present to is, I just don't live in that paradox, or actually I should say, I don't live in that contradiction that it's either about helping people or about getting something from myself. And I've been speaking about this for probably since the time that you and I met, that was really the essence of the magnetic man. When I did that podcast with you 12 years ago, it's like, there's a way of trying to get something from somebody, but there's like, there's a transcendent position where if you just concern yourself with contribution, then you get everything that you want. And that's not, it's not, a contradiction, it's a paradox. And so I've really been 
practicing trying to not be in this, either trying to get something for me or get something to others. I just give to everybody and I'm one of those people. And so uh, I love how you're experiencing it, but I just wanted to offer that as like where, where I'm coming from in that, because it's not, I don't think of myself as selfless in the sense of, um, I just care about others. I think of myself less. And so I, whatever the, you know, the, the great things come to me and it's, it's part of it. It's not like an antithetical thing. It's not like I'm even living in a reciprocity. I'm just like, um, I just tr try to, to give to everybody and include myself in that giving, if that makes sense. Sure. And it's, you know, when you meet someone like you, it's, it's so refreshing. And, you know, most of the people in my life are, are givers, you know, like I, I mm. would say you're a standout example. You've already taken it to its center. But when, when you meet someone on the opposite end of the spectrum, it's, it's like when I speak to you or someone similar to you, it's, you can just sense, you spoke about the essence of their being. And I can just sense like this guy, he's connected. He knows what it's about. He knows what this human journey is about and how on some level we're all connected and we're connected to the source. And then you meet someone else who puts that into stark relief, someone who's a taker and is only in it for themselves. And who's trying to fuck everyone over before he gets fucked over and like, I just know the type of person I want to spend my time with or I want to want to give energy mm. to. And um, mm. yeah, so I'm, I'm just happy to to know you and to know others like you as well. John, I want to, I want to find out a little bit more because I don't think we've ever really discussed this. We, we might've done it back in the day with the magnetic man show that we recorded for London real, but I mean, that was 12 years ago. And to be brutally yeah, honest, I don't, I don't remember it. Yet. <laughs> but you're, you're a, a very high level coach, a very successful coach, which is already the, the, the vocation of, of coaching, being a men's coach or a life coach, or it's because there's, there's no barrier to entry, right? Like anyone can just call themselves a coach, right? It's kind of become very devalued. And there's a market that's flooded with these people who claim to help you lead a better life or claim to have some answers on getting the most out of the human experience. And the thing that differentiates you is that you're successful at it right? You're good at it. You're, you've got high level clients. You're making money through it. You have a lot of referrals. It's working, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess I have two questions. The first is how did you find yourself doing this particular vocation? And then I'll ask you the second one once you answer that one. Okay, cool. Yeah. My, my, I, I say I came into this work sideways instead of like from the bottom up when this, what, cause I guess most people that come into this work of coaching had a coach and then they were like, you know, trying to improve something or find some freedom or whatever. And, and then like, oh, I want to help others in this way. This has helped me, which I think is awesome and beautiful. And I love the coaching pyramid, we could say. I think it's a great gift to the world. But when I say I came in so from the side, like I was actually into performance magic. So think David Blaine, Darren Brown, um, street magic, doing some stage stuff. And I was fascinated with the creation of the experience of magic inside of another person. At first, by like what I did with my, the tricks I did with my hands, but then very quickly I understood that it was like actually through my communication, through my explicit speaking and communication, but also through the, the implicit way of that, way of being that I was, which is kind of, it lends itself to acting and performance. But really I was fascinated with how, what I do, what I say, who I be creates an experience inside the mind of another person. And so that was what led me into the discovery of coaching. And I'd also been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. And so these two worlds kind of just blended together. And I was like, well, if I can 
inside another person the experience of magic? What if I could create inside them experiences that interpreted the world in such a way that had them be more effective at creating the life they wanted to create? Uh, and so it just kind of emerged out of creating magic as an entertainment kind of piece to creating magic as a way of experiencing life, helping people to leave their jobs, to create their own businesses, to have more freedom, financial freedom, and in helping people to connect authentically in a relationship because the essence of great communication is really authentic, powerful connection. Uh, and so, you know, human connection and, and freedom, love, and, and power, meaning you know, the ability to make a difference in the world have been my fascination. And so that's what drew me into this world of coaching. I was like, oh, I can just talk with people and do this work and make money. That's cool. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, I got into that about 12 years ago. Yeah. You know, you say that I can, like, I mean, that's, I think that's the dream of a lot of, a lot of coaches is <laughs> I can just talk to people and make a difference and make money. And, and mm -hmm. yes, you can do that. That's what you've heard a lot of people speak about how, no one sees what it, what it really takes success. They only see the the results, right? So they don't see yeah. Michael Jordan in the gym at fucking 2am practicing his three point throw, but they just see him scoring in the, in the big game. Right. And yes, that is basically when you, when you mentor or coach or work with someone, you're just speaking to them. You're just, you know, either on a call or in the room and, you, and you're communicating with them and giving them ideas and eliciting this magic from within them. But what I've realized is that isn't actually the real work. The real work is becoming the kind of person who can yeah. do that. Right. And that, that is, it's been my experience that that is fucking hard work. Like it is, yeah. it is way harder than going to a job and just showing up and, and, you know, like doing regular work. I, I think it's to me, I get why dudes at the top of this game get paid the big bucks. I really understand it now. It's because the essence of who they are, what they've created, how they've shaped their, their essence. It's been forged in a fire, right? Through the repeated, yeah. or, or it's been forged through the repeated blows of, you know, failure and tragedy and searching and trying and practicing and connecting dots. And it's, it's, um, there's so much more to it. Yeah, I agree. And I would say that I use the context of, I'm doing air quotes, helping other people as the, the environment for my own self-growth. And so I could either like use my life in the world and my relationship and just like grow myself. And then when I'm ready, then go say that I could coach and help another person. I mean, that that's totally fair. And, and I think a, a reasonable strategy, but to get it done faster, just using the context of conversations with other people to grow myself and my ability to be the best person that I can be has been actually, I think what's helped me to grow faster. You know, I've always, since I was young, I don't know why, but like just said, yes, that I can do things to people when they said, can you do this? And I had not said it because I had the experience. I said it because I was committed to figuring it out. And so I, Nathaniel Brandon has a book, the six pillars of self-esteem. And he talks about like self-esteem is about self efficacy and I think self-love, but self-efficacy is like your belief and your ability to figure things out that you don't yeah. know how to do. Yeah. And I have a really high sense of self-efficacy. <laughs> and so I can say, you know, I'm just picturing a guy that when I had a little web media company, I was doing little websites and we just got into this like request for proposal. It was going to be like a six figure job. It was for this huge organization. And he's like, have you ever done this before? Can, can you do this? And I just listened to the second question. I was like, I can definitely do this. Just, just ignore the first one. Yeah. And then, and then, and then we got the contract and then I, man, I, I mean, I was stretched, but I figured it out and it grew me and it changed the game. And I just, I've been doing that with coaches. Like I can help you. I can help you. Not because I have helped people before, because 
if you say, okay, I'll, I'll let you help me, then, then I'm committed and yeah. I'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love that, man. And this, this idea of self-efficacy, I've always, always had that as well. It's, I, I will mm. fucking figure this thing out. And I remember when I, when I started teaching jujitsu, I mean, I was like, I was a borderline, I mean, I don't know if you know the belt system, but I was a, a blue belt, right? Which is not a, not a, below uh, green. See, no, no, it's not below green. It's, it's, just, oh. it's, different. it's not a senior grade. I'll leave it at that. Okay. And I remember <laughs> I went back to South Africa, I had this blue belt and I was teaching guys there. And this one guy said to me, he said, ah, you know, you're kind of skimming over the rocks as a jujitsu teacher. And I was like, yeah, but I'm skimming over them. Right. Like I'm getting it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. Right. And, um, I'm, I'm the same, man. Like you, you, you very often learn as you go. Yeah. I think with coaching, however, there is a slight difference and that is it's different to running a, an internet company or I don't know, being a realtor or whatever it might be, because you have, you have someone's life in your hands in a way. Right. I mean, that, that is probably an overly serious way of, of saying it, but, but it, it's quite a responsibility. Right. So, you don't really want to just wing it, you know, because that could go horribly wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hear you. I just have a different, a different philosophy and, and frame on two things in there. Number one, I don't really, I don't live with the perspective that I'm responsible for anything. Um, I actually believe that I'm not responsible for anything. And that's like where a lot of my freedom comes from. I don't even have, I don't even not, I'm not responsible for keeping my kids alive. I'm not responsible for my own health and vitality. I'm just not because to me, responsibility, the way that we have that word today is that it's a, you have to, it's just, this is a requirement. And that energy to me is not, it's not free. It's not true. Um, and if I'm very interested in etymology of language, and if you look at a lot of words, I mean, responsibility is the most obvious one when you really being start able to, to look being at able it. to respond. The yeah, that's what to it respond. used to mean. But, but then it became, you have to respond. Mm. So a responsibility now in our vernacular is, is you must, and you're a bad person if you don't. Mm-hmm. Whereas actually that's like, it was a lot more lightness and innocence in it when the third was, when the word was a response able, you're able to respond. And so I just throw the baby, uh, keep the baby, throw the bathwater out. And it's like one of my declarations I've had for many years is I am response able and I don't have to do anything response able. And so that, that nuance, these little, little things, oh, it's just words, but it's like, it's not actually, because if you just stay with it and you bring that to life and you, it creates a different quality of experience, it creates more freedom. And so I'm not responsible for any of my clients' lives. I'm not responsible for my own, never mind theirs, but I am able to respond in any moment to whatever's happening. And that's a beautiful thing. And so I, you know, I, I, and maybe I get it wrong and that's okay. Because you know what? Right here, right now, I wear a necklace around my neck with the symbol for now on it because that's the thing that's most true. It's closest to my heart. It's a Chinese symbol for now. It's right there. Right now, I am right action. Right now, right here. So it doesn't matter if I was wrong five seconds ago because now, which is the only thing I've got, I'm going to do the right thing the best that I can. And so you take those kind of ideas and you live them and suddenly it's not so risky to have a person give you their life. Because you're just going to do the best you can with it in the same way you do for yourself. And that seems to be enough. Powerful, truly powerful. Thank you for sharing that with me. That's, that's upgraded me in a way as well. Awesome. Uh, Thank you. I, I really appreciate as well that you, you pay such close uh, attention to etymology and in particular language. And I also, funny enough, I'd stumbled upon that principle. I don't know where, where I, I heard it, but this idea that uh, there's specific words in language that 
carry very heavy obligation and, and weight to them. Right, um, the must word. have mm. to, should, etc. And I started trying to, in fact, I succeeded in largely eliminating them from my awesome. language. And, and yeah. it, it did make a difference. I know there's, there's definitely something to that. Whenever you say, I need this, or I have to, or I should, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's not a good energy, like you said. It really isn't. No. Yeah, but that's awesome that you see that. Where, where did that come from, this idea that you have to be impeccably, not have to be, <laughs> that you'd yeah. like to be impeccably precise with your language and, and mm. use it effectively? How did you come across that? I mean, I've been fascinated with it since I was, I can, since I can remember, I guess, just language and, and meaning, you know, there, when I first got out of university, I took the how to win friends and influence people, people, Dale Carnegie course as an, as a new real estate agent. And you learn about communication. So I've just been paying attention to it. I think it really flowered when I started studying magic and started studying like the words that I use are like specific language that I use is kind of great different experiences. And then I went into hypnosis and I became really understanding of how on a subconscious level, uh, level language works. And if I'm in rhyme or rhythm and all these things that are outside of our awareness are having an impact on the experience that we're creating in others and in ourselves. You know, I watched my wife use language and speaking as a way of hypnotizing herself such that she could give birth to our children without any medication. And we're nurses and doctors of 20 years are in the hospital saying, I've never seen anything like this. I'm going to be talking about it for years to come. She's so relaxed. She's so peaceful. And it was literally created through an intentional use of language uh, that creates an, that creates meaning, that creates an experience that's, uh, that's radical and that's different, mm-hmm. you know? Also, my namesake, John 1, 1 in the Bible, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word yeah. was God. It's right yeah. there, man. And that actually ties into when, when, when ayahuasca gave me that, that mental image of you sitting at your, at your desk, it's my understanding that that picture was of you writing out your, your affirmations or your, that's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, funny enough, we had both stumbled upon, uh, I think you came from the magic, the magical show, show magic tradition, the word abracadabra, which means as I speak, I create, and you start all of your, um, your affirmations and your daily prayers with that. And I actually, I took that from you. I was like, I'm going to implement that that into my my daily prayer practice. And then I, I think I gave you the other book end of your prayers, which is Amen, which is and so it is. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, because so I had been writing the words and so it is, but I didn't know that's what Amen meant. I love that. Sure. And there's there's really something to that, John. The 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 idea of um, as you speak, you create, and your language creates reality. And I'm I'm with you on that. I, I really am. We we live in a world that is largely dictated by language, whether it's through media or books or laws, and it pays huge dividends to a understand that and B learn how to harness it. Yeah. I think in, the, in that order too, right? Like to, to understand it so you can be free, right? Cause once you're, when you're subject to it and embedded in it, like you didn't have choice around like speaking, I should, I must, I need to. And then simply being able to see it suddenly created a big expanse of freedom. Mm-hmm. And then you can, then you have the choice to like start to change how you're speaking and then to create new ways of speaking. I'm sure you've replaced those words with other words that give you a sense of I greater, have. not just freedom, but empowerment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I have. I wanted to ask you like on that note, John, this practice of speaking things into creation uh, you put me onto a book called The Ultimate Coach, which mm. I really enjoyed. Thank you so much for that book, first of all. You're welcome. But there was my my key takeaway that I've really implemented into my life since reading that book is 
you know, it's one thing to, to recognize, yes, that your words have power and it's important to choose them carefully. But the other part of that equation is you have to then become the person that backs your words up and to be mm-hmm. the person that does things when you say you will. And mm-hmm. what I realized is I always thought I was a man of my word. Right? I was always like, yeah, I'm a man of my word. And I think on some level I am, you know, I, I when I, I don't lie or break oaths or, or break promises or things like that, but you know, in other ways, in smaller ways, I wasn't, you know, I'd say to someone, oh, let's do lunch next week. Meanwhile, in the back of your mind, you know, it's just something you you use to end the conversation as, as opposed to really meaning that you guys are going to go have lunch next mm-hmm. week. And I, I really, since reading that book, I, um, I took that on board. I was like, now, if I say something, I'm going to do it. It's, it's like nice. big or small. And I just love to know what's been your experience with adopting that, like, like what, what examples have you seen of, of this stuff at, at work in your life? Of being my word? Well, no, I, I, know, I know you already do that. I'm saying like, what examples ha- have you seen of, let's say you make a decision that you want to do X. So you, you speak that into your life and say, I'm going to do X. And then it's actually happened. Do you have any examples of, of that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's my, <laughs> yeah, my, my whole life. And like, like uh, the given the example earlier, it's like, yes, I can build this website for you. And then, and then the world says, okay. And then, then it comes into being, but you know, my wife and I create these vision boards, kind of like the digital versions of these vision boards. We've been doing it for 10 years now. And then we live with that vision and then it comes into form. We don't like, neither of us are like high achievers, I would say in the sense that we're like, Oh, we got to achieve. And like, but we we're creators. And so we speak things into existence. You mentioned I'm living in Hawaii, which is true, but a year ago, it wasn't the case. Um, we were living in LA and, you know, with the pandemic and the riots and us wanting to raise our kids outside the city anyway, we just got a vision for it. And it was like, we don't know how this is going to happen. We were renting in Santa Monica and how are we going to move to that? But we just, we just spoke it. We just spoke it. And here's an, here's an interesting thing. Not only does our speaking create our being, but our speaking creates the being of others too. So the first and most important thing is that I speak, we're moving to Hawaii or we live in Hawaii, even when we didn't, as a way of informing my body that that was the case because it actually adapts the way that I attend to things, right? Like I notice things about Hawaii and I end up in conversation about it more because I'm thinking about it. But by speaking to others that I'm living in Hawaii or I'm moving to Hawaii, it plants that seed of possibility in their mind. And then they are living with, a, with the idea of this person named John who's moving to Hawaii and they're out and it's like, you kind of build this army of people in the favor of that possibility. Sure. So it's basically putting energy yeah. into the collective consciousness and exactly. strengthening. Yeah. Yeah. And if you feed that enough, it, then the, the result can't not happen. It's that people mm. don't feed it. They don't feed it to themselves. They don't feed it to others. They keep it a little secret somewhere on a vision board that's taped to the back of a door that stays shut. And it's like, if you come into our house, it's like, man, it's everywhere. So it's like it's going on our TV and our phones and we're just constantly feeding ourselves with the possibility talking about it. And you don't have to push when you, when you show up that way, like it just unfolds. I say like the simple example, if I sat in front of a, a white wall and I said, the, and I sat in a chair and I just said the word red over and over and over again, and I didn't get up, I didn't eat. I just stayed there. I would either be locked up in an insane asylum or somebody would just paint the fucking wall red. So I would get out of the chair. <laughs> Right? Like, I love that. It's probably the latter, right? Like, they try that first. <laughs> yeah, that's and great. So it's that simple. That's that's very powerful. Yeah, I appreciate that, John. Let me ask you: if you could wake up tomorrow and you you could magically p- possess one skill and 
uh, when I say skill, I mean within the realms of possibility, not like that you can mm. fly or have extra vision. You could possess one skill or ability that you do not currently possess. What would it be? Mm. Love and kindness at all times. Do you think that's possible as a human? Uh, the at all times takes me into the realms of the gods. But um, <laughs> if you're asking me if I could wave a magic wand or something, then that's what I would go for. And, mm-hmm. and if it's not possible, then I'll take the highest possible amount that a human being could, <laughs> could have, please. <laughs> Absolutely. What, what a great answer. Um, that's going to be one of my new questions moving forwards in the, in the show. <laughs> you're actually one. the first first person I've tested it on. And that was a great answer cool, just, to be, cool. just to be more loving and kind at all times or to have mm. a more loving and kind response. The highest human capacity for loving kindness in all yeah. situations. Yeah. Mm. My mentor, one of his most powerful realizations is he, whenever at, at any junction in life, he says, you always have to ask the question, what does love look like right now? Mm, and love that. that, that really changed me a lot when he, when he shared that with me. Mm. Well, man, what a, what a gift to know a person like you. And uh, I, I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. If those people listening to the show want to find out more about you and your work, what's the best place for them to go? I mean, I have stuff on YouTube. I have stuff on my personal Facebook. I share public posts. I have Instagram. I mean, everything really LinkedIn, Twitter, but I don't really use those too, too frequently. So you have a main website? Yeah. JPMorganJR.com. JPMorganJr.com. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I'm launching a new one soon, but that'll forward to it. So you just go there. Awesome. My man, bless you. A thousand blessings upon you. Thank you, Nick. Blessings to you as well. What I really liked about that episode with John is it just reminded me again, how important your language is on, on many different levels. The first is the, not only the words you speak, you know, the words you speak out loud in conversation, but also the words you say to yourself. And to be honest, what you say out loud generally follows the same. It's very similar to what you're saying in your own mind to yourself. The way you talk to others is is very often similar to the way you talk to yourself. So when I'm working with clients, one of the first things I'm always looking to do is listen for hints in their language or, or clues in their language as to how they limit themselves. And you'll be amazed how often people do that. It's, it's mind blowing. And if you're not yet aware of it, you'll be amazed how often you do that when you start to look for it, when you just maybe choose a specific word that you want to stop using. For me, that word, as I think I mentioned in the show was need. I don't like saying I need to do things. And uh, you don't realize how binding some of those words are and the concepts that they impart to your subconscious are. So this idea of watching your language very closely and using your language as a or thinking of your language as a very powerful tool that helps you create your own reality i mean i'm, I'm a total believer in that absolutely i've seen it in my own life on many occasions i've seen it at effect in my own life i can't even tell you how many times so i really hope you guys enjoyed that i want to remind you if you haven't yet read my book aligned the modern man's guide to true health wealth and fulfillment It's available for free on my website, which is coachnickg.com forward slash book. I keep saying it's not going to be free for too much longer, and I'm serious about that. I'm going to take it down soon. The current version is is an updated version. I I updated it a couple months ago with it's been re-edited and reformatted, and it's the best version that this book's ever been. If you haven't read this book and you're a man who wants to improve the health, wealth, relationships elements of his life. 
I guarantee you this book will do something for you. You will get something out of it. I'm very proud of it. And uh, everyone I know who's read it really appreciate it as well. So go get a copy. That's coachnickg.com forward slash book. And you can grab one there. I uh, look forward to bringing you guys another great conversation in about a week's time. Until next time, remember, we're all alone in this together.